The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Thank you, Diana. Thank you. This is great. And, and you'll see today, we'll keep adding and interrupting and interjecting. We're just, we'll, Diana and I will try to weave this together. So it's, it'll be one teacher with two voices. I don't know. We'll see how that goes anyway. Um, so I'd like to start by asking you to check in to see how your heart is today in this moment. Um, your heart might be heavy, might be light, might be peaceful, might be joyous, or many, many varieties. I named those because that's, those are some of the spaces my heart has been. And heavy yesterday, this morning is calm. Um, and in a moment, I'm going to unmute everyone and popcorn style. If you would say a word or a fairy phrase, how are you this morning? And I don't know is a fine thing to share also, or confused, or whatever it might come, might be. Yeah, just unmuted everyone. So please, how is your heart this morning? Grateful. Grateful. Disoriented. Disoriented. <laughs> Broken hearted. Broken hearted. Say again. Tender. Tender. Thank you. Tense. Tense. Wobbly. Wobbly. Curious. Curious. Sad. Sad. Grateful. Grateful. Anxious. Anxious. Restless. Restless. Grateful. Grateful. Tentative. Tentative. Mixture of excitement and brokenheartedness, too. Mm, mixture of excitement and brokenheartedness, too. Thank you. Grateful to have breath. Grateful to have breath. Breath. Mm. Great, grateful for this community. Grateful for this community. Warming. Second, Peggy? It's warming up. It's warming up. Yeah. Nice. Oh. Was there another one I missed? Open. 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 Resilient. And resilient. Grateful as well. Hmm. Resilient and grateful. Okay. Hopeful. Hopeful. Yeah. Thank you. Ah, oh, thank you all. Thank you for sharing how your heart is this morning. Range of sad, heavy, confused, broken-hearted. And I'm going to mute everyone again. Um, 
to grateful and and um, peaceful or calm or again we have multiple gratefuls and warming up so there is a range of course and everything is welcome everything is welcome um, exactly as it is as it needs to be your heart doesn't have to be any other way um, come as you are to metta practice come exactly as you are heavy broken-hearted sad um, or joyous uplifted warm sense of community grateful whatever it is ah friendliness metta friendliness goodwill for exactly how your heart is right now in this moment ah so in the practice of metta and especially today practice of the brahma viharas in general the four heavenly abodes we um First of all, we start where we are, and we start by embodying ourselves, by, by planting ourselves in the body, by settling ourselves um, in, in the embodiment, in, in the stability of being here and right, being here right now. Connecting, connecting stabilizing someone mentioned the breath grateful for the breath grateful for the breath grateful for the body the sense of stability and then opening up to whatever is arising with friendliness with with kindness and for the first section of today this morning in the guided meditation I will do, and much of the teaching I will do will be actually part of the guided meditation, but just to say what I'll be touching into this morning, to start, to warm up, to warm up our heart, is to start with um, metta, care, kindness, um, for, for people that we care about, for dear beings, for people who are dear to us, as a way to prime the heart. Um, it, it turns out for many, for many of us, starting there is easiest. And given how the conditions of the world are right now, um, as we do the practice of friendliness, warm-heartedness, care, it is quite normal for also acknowledgement of suffering to come uh, to come through our our hearts today because our loved ones are people whom we care about we probably have a sense of concern and care for them maybe they are suffering too maybe their 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 challenges they're having so 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 after um doing a guided meditation it will, during the guided meditation on metta i'll also bring in compassion meditation so let me just take a couple of minutes to tell you um, how we're how they're distinguished. So metta um, is, as you well know, is a an expression of care, kindness, um, warmth, 
friendliness. And uh, for example, when you pass someone by um, in the um, in the street and you smile, you know this that smile is an expression of your metta, is an expression of your friendliness for the for the other person. Smile, maybe you greet them, maybe you say hello, or when you say hello to a cashier uh, somewhere you're shopping. So. Very simple, just friendliness, care. Um, and if you think of that, just simple kindness, friendliness, goodwill, that can be expressed in the traditional phrases, wishing someone safety. May you be safe, may you be health, happy, may you be healthy, may your life have ease. So a sense of friendliness that meets someone who's in a neutral state. Now, if that sense of friendliness, goodwill, meets a being in a challenging time where this, this being is, is having a difficult time, is suffering, um, then that friendliness, that kindness expresses itself as compassion. So care plus pain, so metta, love, whatever you want to call it, metta, plus pain, suffering. When metta holds suffering, it expresses itself as compassion, the practice of compassion. And there is a sense in the heart that the heart, the warmth, the care, the love is, is soothing, is touching, is, is, is embracing the challenge, the pain um, that's coming up. So... The phrases might be something like, may you be, may you have ease in the midst of your pain. May you have ease in your suffering. May you be free from your suffering. I wish you peace. I wish you ease. I care about you. I care about your suffering. Just variations. We'll offer, we'll both offer different variations and you can pick and choose. Or in, actually, or maybe no words come up for you, which is fine too, but a sense of acknowledging the pain without falling into it, without, um, without a, what's called empathetic distress, without um, bobbing into the waves with the person who's suffering and, and over-identifying uh, over with the pain itself. And just to say, if that should happen, again, these are really, really unusual times, to say, if that should happen, if you find yourself in hurting while you're uh, holding another person's um, suffering or pain with care. At that time, please turn your metta and care, your compassion to yourself because you are the one who is suffering at that moment to hold yourself with care, holding yourself with ease and gentleness and love. And when there is stability uh, in your heart, then maybe turning back if it feels appropriate to your uh, beloved person, your easy person. So I say that because it's important for you to know that you're going to be your, even though you will try to perhaps follow the guided meditation, but if something different comes up for you, if your own pain comes up for you, be your own inner Dharma coach. 
and turn your goodwill towards yourself. Okay, I just want to make sure that's very clear. So today, whatever the guidance is, whatever the instructions are, at any point, if you find yourself hurting and in, in distress, um, yourself becomes the object of your metta, of your compassion, of your care. I just want to make sure that is clear. So any questions about that? Anything not clear? You're welcome to unmute yourself or raise your hand and ask a question. Going once, folks. Going twice. Okay. All right, so I'm assuming that it's very clear that at any point, please, metta for self, care for self, compassion for self. This is a challenging time, no matter what the guided meditation instructions might be. Okay, so if you agree, please raise your right hand. Yes, I hear you. Got this. Got the permission. You have the permission. Oh, turn to yourself. Beautiful. Great. Lovely. So... So with that, um, I would like to start with the guided meditation at this point. I think that's enough blah, blah talking from my end. And the, the more instructions will come through the guidance. So I'd like to ask you to make yourself comfortable right now as we're going to start the formal guided meditation, the first one. Ah, and if you need to move right now to make yourself comfortable, please, please do that. Take care of your body. And wherever you're sitting, and actually first let's just move your body a little bit. See your body needs right now before settling. Maybe moving your arms, maybe moving your neck a little bit. Some of you might even be called to stand up. And I feel called to stand up for a moment there. You can do that anytime. Taking care of your body. I like to model taking care of body today. We're going to do this throughout the day. Ah, Just, and as you move, as you listen to your body, let this movement, let this expression of care, let, let this be an expression of care for your body. This movement, part of our meditation, is part of our expression of care. Maybe even give yourself a little hug, both stretching your upper arm if it feels right for you, and also just touching this body and this um, embracing yourself. Hi, dear one. Good morning. Good afternoon, whatever your time zone is. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for practicing. Ah, and whenever you're ready, settling. Settling in your chair or your cushion. Or if you choose to do standing meditation, that's fine too. Settling. Ah, and allowing your back to be straight, 
having a sense of integrity, your body having a sense of integrity. Ah. Imagining that there is a, um, an invisible string connected to the top of your head, pulling you, pulling you up vertebrae by vertebrae. Ah, so your spine is straightening without you even trying. Hmm. And the rest of your body, all your muscles can relax. can put down their weight. They don't have to work hard at all. Your spine's holding you up. And letting, ah, with the next out breath, letting your whole body, all your muscles to relax, to let go. And with each out breath, ah, settling and letting go some more. Relaxing, softening, checking in with different parts of the body. Ah, the parts of the body that you know you tend to hold tension. Maybe your jaw. Maybe your shoulders, your neck, your chest, or your abdomen, sit bones, your hands, feet, face, wherever it might be. Ah, your eyes, forehead. Challenging yourself, asking yourself, can I let go of a little more tension? Hey, I think my body's perfectly relaxed, no tension. But hey, can I let go of a little more tension, relax into myself a little more at the end of the next out breath? Drop that in as a little challenge and see if it's possible. Ah, let yourself be surprised as you continue to to land, land more deeply. Let go of more and more tension. As if the cells of your body are opening up freeing up, giving up, offering up. Ah, I need tightness, holding. We've had and landing, landing. Ah. In groundedness, in stability, in spaciousness, in peace. Ah. 
Continuing to let go of tension landing. And when you feel you've landed, the sense of openness, maybe even still one more time, with the out breath, letting go some more, some more, letting go of the tension, some more. Letting your body from the inside be completely relaxed. Open, soft. No need for any tension. Letting go of tension and letting go of thoughts in this moment. Letting go of plans, memories. This moment just taking refuge. Taking refuge in the simplicity of this moment. Just sitting and breathing. Just sitting and breathing in order to have more stability, groundedness, spaciousness, to be available for yourself and for the world, taking this moment away from the world, this moment of refuge in the body and the breath. Just receiving the breath the in-breath and the out-breath. Could be noises outside. Listening to the stillness inside. There is stillness inside. Groundedness. And receiving, receiving each in-breath and out-breath. As a friend, as a soothing lullaby, receiving the sensations of the breath, in the body, the framework of the body,
maybe in the abdomen today, just so that it helps you settle and ground more deeply into your sit bones. Or maybe feeling receiving the movement, the joyous movement of the breath throughout the body, through all the way through your feet, your hands. And if that feels too unsettling or expansive, bring it back to feeling the breath in the abdomen. Very close to the lower abdomen, your sit bones, grounding, settling. from this space of stability, from this place of groundedness, as much groundedness as there is, this place of refuge, having established this first, as much as possible, as much as available this morning, turning our minds, our hearts to metta, to care, to friendliness and goodwill. Mm. And to support, to prime the heart invite you to bring to mind someone for whom you care, someone for whom you have goodwill, friendliness, care, metta, love, kindness. Maybe when you think of this being, a smile shows up on your face. Could be a child, a pet, any being in your life who's easy, not complicated, the flow of friendliness and good wishes, bringing them to your mind's eye. If you're visual, Especially how what they look like as if they're in front of you. 
the way they smile or move around or act. Or maybe using other senses, their felt sense, what it feels like to be with them, a sense of this person, maybe their smell. To conjure up, in order to conjure up felt sense of this person, this being, this being. So having established that as number one, now noticing as you conjure them up, what comes up for you in your heart, in your body. Again, maybe a smile shows up, maybe just a sense of warmth in your heart, a sense of recognition or safety. Maybe there's a sense of ease, gladness. However mild it might be, Please recognize that as metta, however subtle it might be for you. Maybe it's just a sense of connection that you have with this being, sense of recognition. Let that come from their felt sense, their image. So Number one, felt sense or image. Number two, is noticing what's coming up for you in your body and heart. And number three, if you wish, allow the phrases of metta to flow out of the feeling, however subtle it might be. And I'll offer the traditional phrases. If you have your own, you can use them. May you be safe from inner and outer harm, dear one. Keeping their image in mind, the felt sense in your heart. May you be happy and have joy in your heart. Dear one, or you can add their name if you wish to make it more personal. Dear so and so, may you be healthy and strong, dear so and so. And may your life flow with ease, dear so-and-so. May you be 
safe from inner and outer harm. May you be healthy and strong. And may your life flow with ease. for the shorter version. Also, may you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you have ease. Silently reciting phrases as a thread of continuity in this practice while you keep up the image, the felt sense of the being and notice the sensations or the feelings that might come up for you. The three legs of the metta stool, the image felt sense, feelings and phrases, so can support the practice, continuity. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you have ease. I like putting my palm, my hand, middle of my chest, my heart center to connect with my intentions. 
I invite you to do that, experiment with that. Just really connect with yourself as you're doing this practice. With your goodwill, your intention flowing. Welcome to stay with this practice of metta, goodwill, for this dear being. Or, if you notice, if this being right now, there is some suffering or some impact, you're aware of some challenge or difficulty for them arising perhaps either physically emotionally economically in any way and allowing the sense of friendliness to acknowledge to acknowledge the challenge to hold the challenge And in this way, the practice of metta becoming practice of karuna, compassion. But you can still continue, if you wish, with the metta phrases and yet acknowledging the challenge, the difficulty, or you can use different phrases. May you be free from your challenge. I wish you ease. I wish you peace. With your difficulty, with your challenge. In the midst of this. I care for you. I acknowledge that this might be a hard time. This is a hard time. I care for you and wish you ease. And well-being in the midst of this all. wish you peace. May you have peace. May you have ease. Feel free to use any of the variations I offered, starting with may or I, or anything that works for you.
making sure that you're rooted in the goodwill, embodied in the goodwill and the warmth. So the heart doesn't fall into empathic distress by focusing on the pain and suffering too much. Just as balanced, acknowledgement of suffering balanced with your care, goodwill, warmth. I wish you well. May you have peace. for the last moments of this practice period, seeing what your heart needs. Maybe going back to metta, or maybe metta or compassion for yourself. Holding yourself with kindness and good luck. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you. So in that guided meditation, Nikki spent a little time for us to kind of like settle and get collected and get connected in a really nice way, kind of get grounded and let go some of our attention. And then to bring to mind a lovable being, somebody for whom it's easy to feel warmth and care and goodwill. And then just a recognition that this person, this being, or perhaps some other beings, may be having some challenges, some difficulties. So to fold that in to our practice, fold it into our this warm-heartedness, and using phrases like, I wish you well, or I wish you peace, I care for you, these types of things. So now we'd like to open it up that you can have a conversation amongst uh, just a small group of you, maybe three or four. And um, just to share, what was that like? What was your experience? So were you, were you able to get settled? Um, was it, uh, how was it to bring to mind a lovable being? And was this, uh, and the bringing in of the compassion, the acknowledging that there might be difficulties, but yet um, doing that while rooted in a sense of warm heartedness, a sense of goodwill. 
So you'll, um, each of you will have just a short amount of time to uh, ex uh, uh, describe your experience and to share what that was like with this recognition that sometimes we don't really know or what our experience was until we try to articulate it or it's, uh, we can integrate it in a different kind of way when we're sharing it. So there's no need to go into a long uh, story about your experience, but if you could spend maybe one or two minutes sharing and then go to the next person who can share and then go to the third person who can share. There might be four people in your group. I'm not sure, we'll see how Zoom does this. And then if there's time to go back around again, Maybe something that somebody said uh, reminded you of something or um, helped you to touch into experience that you had and you might have something else that you'd like to say. So, um, and then just a reminder, I think everybody knows this, but this is not a time to give advice to each other, but just a time for which that uh, we could um, just kind of connect and connect with ourselves as well as to connect with others. So Nikki, I think, has been setting us up, and I, I can't help it, I always get a thrill out of this, that uh, we're going to uh, magically find ourselves in uh, groups, uh, small groups, uh, probably three or four. And then um, you'll get a note uh, about 60 seconds before it's uh, time to come back. So have fun. Okay, so just checking because people have been coming and going and the rooms keep changing in number. So I keep having to to change them. Ah, okay, I think we are. Oh, I need to change one room again. It, it's changing as we speak. Okay, hold on. Moment of practice, peace, ease, here we go. We'll move to five. Yeah, so I see uh, there's a, um, the, the bell maybe could have been just a little bit louder. A few people are uh, uh, making a note of that. Yeah, so like we said, Nikki and I were kind of expert, we're uh, experimenting. So we'll work with this. We'll ah, so we can turn the volume just a bit on your end. Okay, is this for me or for Diana, for both of us? Nikki, well, you and I can figure oh. that out while you set up the rooms. Okay, let's figure that out. Okay, let me, let me make sure the rooms are good. Okay, I think the rooms are good. All right, I'm going to start the rooms. Here we go. I had to put you into a room. Okay, that's fine. Good, good, okay, yeah. I don't know if there's a way, Maybe there is a way not to put someone in a room, but I still have to discover that. Hi, so yeah. I'm gonna pause the recording. Yeah. Yeah, welcome back. People are still coming back. You'll see Diana when everybody's back here. Trickling in. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think I uh, inadvertently sent a chat to everybody. <laughs> that was my friend Nikki. She and I were uh, chatting about how we were going to adjust the schedule. And she said, why don't you go to this room? And then, so, we're, you know, we're, the, we're all in this together. <laughs> so I didn't get the chat, Diana. Everybody saw it, but I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. We'll, we'll figure this out. <laughs> Great. So welcome back. And we'd love to, to hear, um, yeah, how, how was it for you, this, this practice? What came up for you just now? Um, and practice, yeah, please, Ed. So um, that was really special. Um, I met two women from Calgary who happened to be in the same Sangha and by the same, by chance, they were in the same group. So, um, I mean, it was really touching. It was really it's touching. Really touching. Yeah, there they, showed, they showed me the snow and I didn't show them the spring, but I told them about it. But just to know you know, the sharing some of the same kind of um, matter that I had had experienced, which was a profound matter in that group, in the small individual. So, you know, we just shared how personal it had been. I appreciate that. So thank you very much. Thank you, Anne. Yeah, thank you, Anne, for sharing that. Any other reports, reflections, please either raise your hand or just unmute yourself. Hi, Mara here. Hi, so Mara. It, is, uh, it is my first time actually uh, live or, you know, uh, live stream because I, I live in Switzerland. So it's uh, usually I follow the recordings that you guys have. But so today I had this fantastic experience of uh, being able to be, uh, you know, I'm able to be with you guys and uh, connect uh, uh, with other people. So for me, it was, uh, it was very, it is very, very touching. And um, yeah, it's, it's the positive. We were saying in, in our group that one positive thing that, is coming out of these uh, challenging situations actually to be able now to have all these live streams and participate. And uh, so sometimes I do participate during the week as well because I'm home working from home so I can decide what to do. And um, so thank you very much for, for this. Yes, thank you, Mara. Yeah, Mara, it's so heartwarming um, to to hear that and, and to see everyone's faces, you from Switzerland, folks from Calgary, from Berlin, all over the world here are practicing together. And it's the, the beauty of a global pandemic. We really are, all of us, in this together, all of us. I'll share. Um, my heart it, it just loved being able to to relax and kind of quiver and feel 
with others without having to do or perform or protect, which it's been doing a lot of. I didn't realize that it's tired. So thank you for this space. Yeah. Thank you, Lish. And also for sharing, Lish, the beauty of vulnerability at this time, of not needing to be any particular way. Uh, Charlie Jasna. here. I think Jasna I, had her hand yeah. up first, right? Yeah, sorry, because I, I have a view here, Charlie. We'll get to you in a oh, second. I, I think you can hear me, right? Maybe, okay. maybe not. So, oh, Charlie, oh. somebody had their name up, their hand up oh. before you. So, we'll get maybe. to you. You're next. So, Hi. Uh, Jasna? Hi. My name is actually Jasna. Oh, Jasna. Like, why? It's like why, right? Yes. Uh, anyhow, uh, I just wanted to express my appreciation for the two of you leading this retreat. It's like really beneficial and it's so nice. I know in person it's better, but it allows people from all over the world to attend. And I've seen there's somebody from Berlin and I've just heard some, there are people from Calgary. And thank you so much for organizing this and leading this retreat. It, 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 it's really helpful in this time. Yeah. Thank you, Yasna. Thank you. Now, Charlie. Hello, everybody. Uh, you know, I was uh, chatting with, uh, I think it was Sherry or Derry. Anyway, um, what, and, and I, entered, I entered this room like a half hour after you guys were already sitting, I had uh, thought there was one scheduled with Chris uh, at uh, 10 o'clock, and it turns out it's next week. So I went on the site and uh, found this group. And as I was listening to uh, Nikki guide, um, I really I didn't know it was a meta uh, theme. Uh, but that certainly was was uh, happening while I was sitting. But one of the things I've really noticed from being able to sit, even in the Zoom, is being close to everyone, you know, versus what's going on now, that distancing thing. Uh, almost feels like I'm being ostracized, you know. That's what goes on in my head. Uh, and uh, so I found it very, very sweet to be able to just sit with a bunch of people and, and uh, uh, listen and, and participate. And it just really, really filled my heart, you know, really uh, gave me that, uh, oh, wow, I'm, I'm home, you know. So thank you all. Thank you, Charlie. I, I love hearing the feeling of being home even you know coming late the you know and and yet feeling that you're you're home um with others and you're not afar um but the sense of connection really interconnection and feeling of being at home in your heart um and and that was part of the intentions that Diane and I have had for this room for for this for this day long today so thank you for for saying that 
Any other reflections, um, thoughts, questions about the practice that might have come up? Any complaints? Cheryl, please. <clears throat> I just uh, wanted to say that I experienced um, more sadness than I expected and realized that my heart's been more guarded than I thought in the last number of weeks, just kind of dealing with the how to do this correctly and, you know, the best thing for this and the best thing for that. So that it kind of caught me off guard that I felt the sadness I felt about not being able to hug um, my grandchildren, for instance. And so uh, that's just what I wanted to say. I, my heart is certainly more open, but it's got a little more pain in it now than what I was aware of. <laughs> I wanted to ask a question. Um, Please. Yeah, something that I think that came up in my practice was um, I, I think that, like, as so I'm an empath, I think a lot of people who practice are, and I've been struggling with feeling everything too deeply. So I've noticed sometimes in my practice when I'm trying to like do the compassion, it's like overwhelming in a sense because like I already feel so much compassion that when I like turn attention to it, it's like, oh God, this is a lot. So I was just curious is to have thoughts about how to like, um, how to practice this compassion when you are already feeling it um, to an extreme extent, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a really, really good question. So I'll say something in Diana if you'd like to add. So um, I am so glad you brought this up and I was hoping someone would actually bring it up in this time. Um, so the, um, the, the practice of compassion um, and is, is really different from empathic distress. And I want to say a little more. So as part of what you're describing, actually, is, is empathic distress, which is someone who really feels the pain of others so much that it just, it's, it's painful, it's painful to go there. And um, so, so how not to, so, so then I wouldn't call that compassion, but the, perhaps if I may, I will reformulate your question is, oh, how do I do the practice of compassion by letting be soothing and comforting and not fall into empathic distress? Um, because my, my mind, my heart has a tendency, can, can do that because I feel the pain of others so, so much. So with that perspective, slight reorientation, still the same practical, but the slight reorientation then allows us to actually approach it in the, in the following way. So um, the practice of compassion really has two components. One is feeling the pain of others, and the other one is the, the soothing, the metta. And I'll share an anecdote with you, actually, which I've shared um, when this question comes up. So um, there, um, there are also, you know, brain scan studies, and, and this anecdote is from Tanya Singer, the, the neuroscientist, uh, and uh, there was a talk I was attending a few years ago at the Mind and Life Institute, and she was saying that, okay, doing this, the compassion, uh, research on compassion, she had um, 
this renowned mark, uh, re renowned monk Matthew Ricard in the fMRI machine and told them, okay, don't do compassion meditation, just contemplate suffering of the world. And she did, she did a scan. So in the part of the brain that lit up is the part that if you hurt or if you watch somebody else be in pain, that part of your, the mirror neurons that have to do with pain will light up. Emotional pain, physical pain, similar areas. So if you're contemplating somebody else's pain, ooh, ouch, it feels like you are in pain yourself, okay? So had him do this, this practice, brought, him out, brought Matthew Ricard out of the, the fMRI machine, and, and um, he, he says, oh, I feel so terrible. Please put me back in. Let me do the full compassion meditation, not just contemplate the pain of others. Puts, okay, she puts him back, and now she does, he does the full meditation, compassion meditation, which is holding the, contemplating the pain of others and wishing well, soothing wishes, calming wishes, love, care, which actually the different area of the brain lights up, has, which has to do with warmth, love, care, filial emotions, which actually feels good. When you love someone, it feels good, right? Okay, so uh, he does that for 30 minutes, bring him up, bring him out of the oven of fMRI machine, and, and um, he says... Ah, oh, thank you, Tanya. I feel better now. I feel balanced. So this long story, sorry I'm going on, but I think this really demonstrates that this, this empathic distress is when we just contemplate the suffering and it's not as well balanced by the love, soothing care. So notice how if you're falling into this more, then balance it with more love, care, soothing, or maybe turning it towards yourself, which is what I was suggesting at the very beginning. Turn towards love, care, soothing for yourself until there's more stability that you both can be balanced instead of this one being the only one you're putting attention on, the suffering of the world. So I hope that clarifies it as cl clearly as, as I'm able to explain. Yes? Yes, thumbs up. Okay, thank you. So I think that's time. Maybe, oh, yes, Diana. I would just like to add a little bit. If you find yourself in a little bit of overwhelm, then like, oh, like it's just not accessible to uh, have this warm feeling because you're feeling overwhelmed and it just feels like just too much, then you can just bring your attention to your body, to whatever is kind of like that obvious uh, experiences in your body. It might be the pressure of the chair or the wherever you're sitting against your body. It might be the feeling of your feet on the ground and to help bring us back in and get grounded again and get here in the present moment. So, uh, or it may even just be the feeling of movement. Maybe you're walking and having a conversation with somebody, but something tangible and physical and that's present here. If you find yourself in overwhelm, you can always get grounded back in the body. That's often um, a little bit easier to have access to that if um, it feels like too much. So I just offer that in addition to what Nikki is saying. Great suggestion, Diana. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I wonder if this might be a good time to move on to the walking meditation. Um, I think there was one question in oh. the chat. Oh, was there? We can... So Barry asked, oh, is meta yeah. a feeling or a mind state? 
Both. Can I start with that? <laughs> and I'll, I'll add? Yeah, so um, there's a few things I can say here. And I'll just uh, keep it short. And uh, there's maybe one answer could be, um, however you experience it or define it, it's perfectly fine. So whether you experience it more as a felt sense, like a bodily experience, warm heartedness, a certain amount of ease, spaciousness, or if it feels more like a, um, a mental thing, that it's uh, having nice thoughts or goodwill, that uh, thinking pleasant things are about somebody, or maybe it's a combination of both. It's perfectly fine. Um, the, and then... And then maybe I'll just say briefly, like in the classic uh, Buddhist teachings, they don't, they didn't divide up the human experience in the exactly the same way that we do in this post Freudian era. And when we have uh, psychoanalysis and all that kind of stuff. So the way that they understood the human experience was a little bit different. And so some of the categories that we use today uh, don't fit quite as neat and tidy as then. So then, Nikki, maybe you'd like to add to that? And... I liked what you said. Um, and um, and maybe I would ask Barry, um, where's the question is coming from? Why, why is this distinction feels important to you? I would love to hear from you, Barry. Uh, okay. Yeah, hi. And I'll take myself off of, take my video. Um, so I was at a, um, uh, Q and a this morning with Bunty, Bunty G. I'm just learning about meta. So, uh, uh, I asked, um, is, is, a, is a feel, is something supposed to arise after you've said the phrases and you, um, settled down? Um, and he said, for, you know, first you say the phrases, then you conceptualize meta and then yes, uh, some sort of something else arises. Um, so I'm just trying to dig into that because I'm, I, I didn't know that anything, uh, any type of feeling was supposed to arise or could arise uh, as, as a result of practicing meta. So that's- Got it. Okay, thank you so much for sharing why that's coming up for you. So hearing that, um, what I would say is Meta can be a lot of different things, actually. It can, a feeling can arise, a feeling of love and care, but not necessarily, actually, for everyone. So if no feeling arises for you, don't feel like, oh, I'm failing, I, I got no met, meta. It might actually arise as a perspective for you or as a shift in action or in the way you are in the world or the way you see the world. And there may not be a feeling because we're all, as human packages, we all experience life in a different way. So some people might actually experience it as action. They might do really loving kindness actions for others and they may not have this loving feeling. And some people might have this loving feeling, want to go hug everyone. So it can show up in different ways, really. Um, and as a change of perspective for some people. So, um, so it's not one size fits all, really, no. how meta might show up for you, I would say. Okay, and other quickly, can you evoke a person who's deceased um, as as either as one of the people that comes to mind when you're saying the phrase? Very quickly, yes, you can, but we don't recommend it 
until you are a lot more stable uh, in the practice. And the quick reason for that is it can bring up some grief uh, and uncomplicated emotions. Um, so it's best to be really stable in the practice when you really got your sea legs and real legs down, and then you can practice with deceased individuals. You're welcome. Diana. Thank you, Arch. Are you uh, next on the schedule here? I don't have anything to add. Okay, yeah. Um, I've lost track of our schedule. Okay, so I will, yes, here I am. Look at that. Walking meditation. Yes, okay. So we are going to do walking meditation uh, in the way of really making this into a practice today, into a day-long walking and sitting so the practice that we've done together, we want to invite you to either walk in, in your apartment, back and forth. You don't need a lot of space, as you guys know, for walking meditation, um, maybe five, even 10 steps. And the practice that you do is basically you walk and you do the same thing. You don't focus on your legs or sensations of your feet or your breath. But essentially what we did, maybe starting with actually starting with settling in your body, maybe starting actually by feeling your feet and breath, just to settle, just to arrive again for a few minutes, and then conjuring up the image, feeling, uh, noticing the feeling that comes up for you, and saying the phrases while you're walking. So the practice of sitting and walking are the same for metta, or lying down if, if, if you're taking care of your body. Um, I see and acknowledge Sylvie taking care of her body today and doing lying meditation, which is perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and so movement meditation, if you wish, any form or not, in the next, let's see, let's look at the program. Um, let's do it for, I'm gonna make it sure, Diana, let's discuss in real time so that we don't fall too behind. Should we make this 20 minutes? What do you think? Come back at 11.25 or make it 15. What's your feeling? Oh, you're muted, my dear. I'm going to... Oh, you're still oh there we go. There I'm, go. I'm used to being the, the host. Uh, I think 20 minutes is great. Let's do 20 minutes. Well, it feels good to me. So it's 11.04 now. So let's come back at 11.25. Um, Not 11.24? <laughs> It's 11.05 now. <laughs> See what happened by the time I finish a sentence. Time moves like an arrow. Okay. All right, everyone. So see you at 11.25 and 30 seconds. <laughs> Bye. And Do you want to stop the recording? Oh, yes. Thank you. It's all working out. Nikki and I spoke briefly on the phone just to connect and, you know, see how the morning's going to adjust the schedule, the, th the things that, uh, you know, we often do when we're co-teaching. And we inadvertently made a little joke that I don't know why I just uh, am taking delight in. As we were signing off the phone, we said, see you Zoom. <laughs> so corny, but uh, I think it's funny. So here we are back on Zoom. So I just wanted to say a little bit more about this idea of metta and compassion. 
and that the um, importance of allowing our positive emotions like metta, like loving kindness and compassion to flourish. The importance of um, cultivating them, letting them grow, letting them blossom, letting them develop, um, creating the conditions in which they can grow and develop and blossom. Because, the, I, of course, we all know this, but this idea if there's two people that are sinking in the mud and quicksand or something like this, and if one of them can get out of the mud, it's so much easier to get the second person out of the mud. So part of this, um, the I, I just heard this, that the voice is low. So here we go. I'm make, making the microphone. Uh, I'm speaking louder and I move the microphone a little bit closer. So hopefully this, the volume works a little bit better this way. So part of uh, this practice is so that we can serve. Oh, and also, to, sorry, Diana, just to say, uh, regarding the volume, if, if any of you are having trouble with the volume, using um, a headset will drastically improve, even though it, it might limit your movement for a, a while you're listening to the teaching, but it will drastically improve the volume. So please, if you have a pair, please use it. Thanks, Diana. Yeah, yeah. And maybe I should, uh, we'll see. Okay, I'll, I'll continue here and then maybe I'll explore. Maybe I should be using one too, just to make it a little bit uh, louder. But So cultivating loving kindness and cultivating compassion is, can really help us help others. And of course, it can be integral to our own well-being and of and our path of practice as we are able to find a little more ease and a little more spaciousness, a little more freedom. I think um, all of us have this experience that when we are uh, lost in difficulties or struggling with difficulties in whatever form those difficulties may be, it's just not as uh, easy or straightforward, or we're just not as available to support others. But when we do have a little more ease, when we've slept well, we've been eating well, and we have some sense of ease or goodwill or happiness or whatever it might be, some positive quote-unquote um, emotion. It allows us to view our situation from a bigger perspective, a vaster perspective, and it allows us to be more receptive to others. And this way of being more receptive and with a bigger perspective um, can help us have to be flexible and creative in the ways in which we meet what's happening. It allows us to be malleable and um, address what's the right thing to do next. And to just manage in some kind of way, whatever adversity it is that uh, we're um, uh, experiencing at that time, or whatever adversity, difficulty, challenging others are experiencing at that time. And maybe importantly, um, cultivating some warmth, uh, ease, spaciousness, um, and care 
um, helps diminish some of our self-preoccupation and softening, letting go of some of our self-preoccupation helps free up energy, helps increase our capacity in which we can love others, in which we can serve others. I think um, many of the, all of us know this too, that somehow when there's a little bit less preoccupation and we're able to show up for someone and just allow them to be just who they are without our projecting onto them what we want them to be or expect them to be or wish how they were, but instead to just show up and see them exactly as they are. This is a type of love. This is a type of care that becomes available when we have softened our self-preoccupation, which becomes available when we are practicing loving kindness, compassion for ourselves. So when we stop demanding that the world and that other people be in a very precise way, it's a way in which it's really powerful to be able to show up to others, to show up for ourselves in this way too. So in this next uh, session, we'll be doing loving kindness and compassion for ourselves. And for this, we're gonna be building on what we did earlier, that is loving kindness and compassion for a dear being. For some people, it's easier to start with a dear one, somebody for whom it's really easy to have loving kindness or compassion. And then to expand that, to use that foundation to fold ourselves into that as well, to have warmth, care, goodwill for ourselves, to have compassion for ourselves when we are experiencing difficulties. So in the classic Buddhist teachings, self-compassion, compassion for oneself is not different than compassion for anybody else. However, some of you might be familiar with Kristen Neff, um, her teaching and that she has a uh, specific teachings on self-compassion. I'm not going to be teaching those today, but if you're interested in that, that's something you can find freely available that's specifically for compassion for oneself. But it can be really important to highlight that um, Self-compassion can be an antidote to this idea of a, a critic, the self-critic, uh, the inner critic that sometimes arises, this feeling of I can't do it or I don't deserve to feel okay when so many other people are having difficulties. But self-compassion, taking care of ourselves, loving ourselves as best we can. I want to insert this expression, as best we can, as a way to highlight that we don't need to do this perfectly. It doesn't need to look any particular way. 
but instead, can we orient ourselves towards our difficulties, towards our challenges? Acknowledge that's the truth of the moment. Acknowledge that we're a human being. These are extraordinary times. Of course, of course there's difficulties. And can we turn towards them, align with them in some kind of way, with a warm heart, with a sense of care, with a sense of goodwill towards ourselves? Even if what we're experiencing is some anxiety, some fear, can we take care? Can we hold this anxiety, this fear, whatever our experience might be, can we hold it with a sense of it's okay, it's okay. So some of us might have this idea of like having compassion or care for ourselves is wimpy or um, somehow meek or um, weak, but it turns out, just as Nikki was talking about some of the um, studies that were done putting individuals into MRI machines, they have also done studies with um, individuals who don't practice um, self-compassion and those that do. And they looked at a number of different outcomes, including like how they were in their personal lives, how they were in their professional lives, and their general sense of well-being. And they discovered that those that are, um, practice compassion for themselves tend to have greater well-being, which isn't surprising, but also tend to have more professional success and relationship happiness. And the reason is this, because when we are willing to have compassion for ourselves, it allows a little bit more flexibility, as I said earlier, a little bit more malleability and creativity to arise in which to solve problems in which to see the bigger picture of what's happening and not be stuck and constricted in this uh, sense of like, oh, I did it wrong. So flexibility, but also a little bit uh, more uh, ability to take a chance to try something new. And often that's how we discover um, greater capacity. That's how we discover maybe some creative ideas and new ways of um, doing things. So having this foundation, uh, building this uh, capacity for love, for compassion for ourselves, can really make a giant difference in our lives, not only today, these days when we're in the midst of the coronavirus, but just in general as a way to enhance the quality of our lives and those around us. So as opposed to self-criticism, this is a habit that many of us have, but why not just give it a, a shot or try it out for this little bit here? When you notice the self-critic, the inner critic arising, 
can you maybe like bow to it literally or figuratively and say, I see you. But right now I'm going to be practicing this. Right now I'm going to be practicing some warmth and loving kindness as best I can. As best I can. So with that as an introduction, we'd like to bring yourself, well, I'll start a guided meditation of um, bring yourself to an alert, upright posture that also expresses care, that also expresses self-care. So for some of you, that might mean lying down. For some of you, it might mean getting an extra cushion. For me, I'm going to put this little cushion under my knee here. I'm going to begin in much the same way that we did the earlier guided meditation that Nikki led us through. We can use the sensations in the body, the felt experience of being here as a way to get connected, not only to ourselves, but to the present moment. Can you sit and Know you're sitting. Nothing in particular needs to be happening. We're just arriving here in this moment and getting embodied. as you sense into the body. You might notice there's some areas of tension, some areas of tightness. It might be that simply bringing your awareness to those areas can help support some softening some easing, but even if there isn't some softening or easing, maybe you can be easy with the lack of ease. Bring some kind-heartedness to the tightness, the tension. I'll highlight a few places where we often hold tension around the eyes. Around the mouth. And the shoulders. 
can you hear this bird that's right out my window here? Hello, bird. We'll start with a lovable being. It's always helpful to start where it's easy. So bring to mind somebody for whom it's easy or maybe some being for whom it's easy to feel warm heartedness, to feel kindness, openness, respect, care, benevolence, goodwill. Choose any of those words that resonate for you. You might check in with the body and see if there's a sense of ease or some type of inner smile. If there is a sense of warmth and openness and it's perfectly fine if there isn't, but if there is, you can allow that to support you, nourish you, nurture you. even if it's just a tiny part of your experience. Then having this lovable being in mind, you can say the phrases, I tend to do them in a way that has a little bit of a rhythm to them. But you can find your own way. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. May you be safe. 
May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. We don't have to manufacture, we don't have to create, engineer, warm-heartedness. We're creating the conditions in which it might arise. This practice is powerful. Even if during the actual meditation practice, you don't have a strong or clear experience of loving kindness. It turns out that so much of the power is our bringing our mind back to our intention to cultivate loving kindness and compassion. So don't worry, whatever your experience might be, just hang in here and practice with us. Again, bring into mind the lovable being. And sending some goodwill, some warm heartedness. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. Now we'll build on this foundation of loving kindness for a lovable being and expand it to include ourselves. Of course, we're going to include ourselves. We're a lovable being too. Of course we are. Some people like to bring to mind an image of themselves. 
It can be an image of how you are today or maybe an earlier version of yourself. Maybe a younger version. Some people even like to do when they were toddlers or whatever feels accessible and supportive. Some people like to use a felt sense of what it's like to feel themselves here. Maybe a little bit less visual and more physical, kinesthetic or And then we can just change the pronoun in the phrases. May I be safe. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I live with ease. May I be safe. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I live with ease. You're welcome to change the phrases. Maybe there's other words that resonate. Maybe words in another language, the language of your heart. It's helpful to keep the phrases simple, not too complicated. And that express some warm heartedness towards yourself. Some care.
So it might be, there's been some difficulties, either this moment or recently. And we'll work with these, but it's best not to start with the most difficult. Start with just something that's just a little bit, just a little bit. This is a practice and you'll get tremendous benefit of even just starting where it's easiest. Don't underestimate how powerful, just to start where it's easiest. Maybe we had a little bit of a conflict with someone. Maybe we've been feeling anxiety. Notice how you feel. How does your heart feel? In some way, can you continue to have some warmth, some openness, some tenderness while acknowledging the difficulty? In whatever way makes sense for you. So for compassion is when we bring this warm heartedness, this openness, this care, and acknowledge the difficulties. And this warmth, this openness, then naturally flows into a wish for those difficulties to be eased. Flows into a sincere desire for there to be some well-being. It comes from a place of warm-heartedness, from love. To support this, we can use different phrases for compassion. May my difficulties be eased. May I have well-being. May my difficulties be eased. May I experience well-being.
May my difficulties be eased. May I experience well-being. And allow any warm-heartedness or settledness Maybe even a warm feeling in the chest and the heart center. Allow any of those sensations to support you. And allow them to get as big as they would like. We're not making them get bigger. We're just allowing them to get bigger. Now in this remaining time for this meditation, maybe just check in and what feels would be the most supportive for you right now. Do some compassion practice for yourself. Maybe just loving kindness for yourself. Maybe it feels easier to do loving kindness for a lovable being, including kittens and babies, puppies. Or maybe it's just feeling into the felt sense of the body, getting grounded, present. What would be helpful? What would be supportive? It's a way to take care of yourself.
So before we transition to the what we'll be doing next, I just want to say a few words about compassion practice. There's, of course, it's enormously helpful and supportive to be doing meditation practice, just how we did, sometimes to start with loving kindness and then to expand that out to compassion practice. But there are some other things that we can do too. And some include to value compassion when it does arise. We might see it when it arises when um, we see somebody who needs some help or when we touch into, when we're on the phone talking to family members or friends. It may just naturally arise And can we appreciate it? Like, oh yes, here is compassion. As opposed to being dismissive. But just to kind of help get the mind accustomed to, get the heart accustomed to, oh yeah, this is this feeling. And that more often that we're kind of tuned into that feeling, whether it arises during meditation or just spontaneously in the course of our day, makes it a little bit easier, the more familiar it is, and makes it a little bit more likely that we can bring it to mind again or experience it again for that uh, when we might really need it. Something else that might be uh, supportive is to recognize that we're not obligated to feel compassion. This is a practice, but um, it's not something that you have to do. It's do. It shouldn't feel burdensome. It shouldn't feel like um, this is what a good person would do. Instead, to recognize that if we're able to have some openness of heart, some spaciousness, some, um, I don't know, I, I, I keep on using this word warm. For me, it feels kind of like a warmth and open feeling. And then if we can um, bring this warm and open feeling to all areas of our lives, then then compassion will just naturally arise. It'll naturally uh, grow and develop, but there's no obligation. So don't feel like this is something you have to do. Being compassionate is a wonderful asset to ourselves and to others, but maybe it can be helpful to do a little bit of um, a reflection on um, how it might enrich us rather than deplete us. If you're feeling like it's depleting, then it's, uh, can you maybe reorient or rethink in a way in which it feels like it's supportive and nourishing? So with that as a little um, background, We'd like to now, we'd like to hear from you all how it's going. Just kind of check in. 
And I'll let Nikki decide whether it'd be best to unmute us all or to have us unmute one by one, whatever you want to do, Nikki. Yeah, I think um, maybe unmuting one by one would be good. And that was lovely, Diana. Thank you. That was lovely. Um, yeah. And so, so I'll reiterate the invitation of Diana to, to share what, what's happening for you right now. How is... Um, how is the guided meditation for you? Reflections, questions, comments, especially given what's happening right now in our collective lives with COVID-19. This is a very unusual and special time to be alive and to open our hearts for care and compassion to ourselves and others. How are you? What's coming up? Please raise your hand or... Either for, yes, Nancy, you have your hand up. I'm gonna unmute you. I um, I thought that was just lovely, Diana. It was um, I have been since the our first meditation um, and our first group uh, very emotional today. Um, the loving kindness. Um, and compassion for the dear ones made me very tearful. And one of the people in my group was saying how she had to turn it around and then practice loving kindness for herself because she was feeling hurt, hurt or um, sad. And um, I guess it's just been the building up of uh, everything that's gone on in the last week and adjusting and readjusting and changing your expectations. Uh, and um, it feels a little bit like an emotional let or uh, not um, a little bit of a release, I guess is the right word to say. And so uh, it feels good to me um, to be able to, practice uh, loving kindness, especially to myself right now, because it's been, it's been quite a, quite a shakeup. Thank you, Nancy. I, I like that expression, quite a shakeup. Yeah, quite a shakeup. And, and the, the recognition that there's some poignancy, you didn't use that word, but with this recognizing that we're vulnerable, but that's the truth of them. Of, you know, human beings are vulnerable. And there can also be some strength when we align with the kind of the reality when we are, um, yeah, maybe I'll just stop there when we align with the reality of the moment. I see Nevin, that. Nevin, oh, yes. Nevin's, yeah, her hand has been up for a while. Nevin, please, I'm going to unmute you. Thank you, Nikki. Um, I have um, two questions. Um, uh, one is, uh, I think I felt this stronger when we were doing it as a self-compassion, self-loving kindness. Uh, a sense of self-pity, like, oh, this is terrible, like, uh, I'm just never going to make it. So that seems to be uh, maybe similar to this uh, empathic uh, distress that 
you have used. So maybe at the personal level, it kind of turns into some kind of a self-pity. And then uh, overall, these, these maybe especially for the loving kindness uh, practices, are they the same as or kind of similar to prayer? Uh, that's how they feel like. Um, and if so, in a way, the question comes into mind, like prayer to whom? Uh, just kind of broad uh, questions in, in general. Thank you. Great practices so far. Thank you very much. Thank you. Nikki, would you like to answer that? Sure, I'll start. Thanks. Um, excellent questions, Nevin. And um, am I saying your name right? Nevin or Nevin? Yes, Nadine? yeah. Yeah. Um, so for the first part, um, yeah, it's, it's both, uh, pity is a, a near enemy, as, as it is said in the teachings of compassion. It kind of feels like compassion, but it's not exactly compassion. Um, and both either for other people, it can feel like, oh, poor you, I'll never be you. And for ourselves, as you express, it's a feeling of oh, kind of collapsing. Um, so the way to actually work with that, I would say, is um, what Diana said earlier, which is a sense of um, actually embodiment and feeling your own stability, physical stability and strength. Because notice the energy of self-pity. It's kind of collapsed inwards. It's like, oh, it's weak. It's like sapping. It's like energy is going away. Whereas a sense of Oh, sweetie, you're really having a hard time right now. There's a sense of strength in it. There's a sense of like sitting tall, like I'm having a hard time right now and I love myself and I care myself and God, this is hard. Do you feel the energetically? Yeah, definitely. That, that's a great point. Thank you. Yeah. Like physically uh, feeling it uh, that way would be helpful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really just to sit up straight deeper breath, really feel the strength. Exactly. I see how you're sitting differently right now, right? I think I wasn't paying attention to that. I was just like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I felt my head is kind of dropping. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I feel it. I, I see it on yeah. Zoom in your body language yeah. right now. It's yeah. so cool. Um, and the, the other thing quickly to say something about, so, so prayer. there are some similarities and differences between prayer, and that is, it's, it, it, it's it's an expression of goodwill, good wishes, and yet prayer has the intention of getting something. You want the other person to be well, so please, God, make them well, make them healthy, make them happy. Whereas here, the purpose it actually is uh, to cultivate and strengthen our own heart in love and care and compassion, uh, is, is without attachment to any outcome. The person we're wishing well for might be sick and might actually be dying, but we still wish them, may you be healthy. May you be as healthy as possible it is for you. And may you have peace as much. So it's, it's, it kind of turns the practice on yeah. its head and, and releases all its, you don't have to call them back like, are you healthy now? Are you happy now? I've been doing meta for you all day. Like, come on, is, is it working? Um, it's, it's like you free yourself from all expectations. You're just giving the, or you can just think of, yeah, strengthening your heart as an intention, as an intention, or just releasing these goodwill into the universe. Okay. Diana, anything you'd like? Thank to you. Sure. I, I don't have anything to add. That was nice, Nikki. Thank you. Prajit, your hand is up, please. 
Hi, thank you. Um, so when Diana was talking about um, uh, kind of these specific words, which is, um, you know, may my difficulties be eased uh, and may I feel a sense of well-being. Um, for the first part of that, I was wondering, um, kind of how does that um, maybe, how do I treat it as something that's different from like aversion to my difficulties? You know, I, I had these difficulties and they don't feel great. And how do I kind of um, phrase it in my head or like treat it such that it's not me pushing away the difficulty, but me kind of holding it? Yeah, this is a good question. Like, how is this uh, not aversion? And, you know, part of the answer is similar to the answer to the preceding question. That is, what's the felt sense of it? Is it of like, oh, go away, I don't want this. And there's a turning away, there's a, um, and maybe a kind of um, getting a little bit smaller with our attention, as opposed to a warm heartedness, which is a little bit leaning forward and an openness, like, May there be, it's this like this wish for things to be better that is, it has a, um, an openness, a leaning uh, more, not leaning away, and maybe not necessarily leaning forward, but a not, um, not, uh, not collapsing around it or something like this. So may I... It's more a act of generosity of like what what's what's um, may the conditions be created such that the difficulties end, as opposed to how can I make this? How can I make this go away? Something like this. Nikki, would you like to add something to that? Yeah. I, I, thanks, Diana. I'm going to refer to what we're talking about. You and I actually yesterday a couple of days ago as we're planning this in terms of choosing phrases and we did discuss this because sometimes the choice of phrases can bring up what exactly what you're expressing Pritchie and sometimes it might actually be uh, lexically choosing something different may I have ease in the midst of this challenge may I have peace may I be resourced in the midst of this difficulty so yeah it's here it's not going to go away for a while. The pandemic is here. May I be a resource? May I care for myself? May I love myself? May I support myself? May I have ease in the middle? And you can have ease in the middle of challenge. You know you can, right? So maybe choosing diff different, like making different lexical choices can support that too. Trevor, your hand has been up for a while. Please. Yeah, thank you. I just, I, you know, I always end up a little unsure on exactly what to say. Um, but I just wanted to thank you guys for, for that. It's, uh, it's just very funny after having lost a, a, a very, very, very close relationship. Um, how caught up in school and work and the busyness of life and you forget to practice these things, you know, you, you forget to stay close to yourself so that you can stay close to people that are in your life and that you care about. And it's so silly, the things we get caught up with and what happens when you lose this heart and you start neglecting other people that give you so much. And like you mentioned about having to meet reality 
once there's a, a change and it's it's in, in kind of death of a relationship or death in general where you're really faced to meet a, a reality that you didn't see before and so much comes up from that so i've just constantly been meeting this and, and kind of breaking apart and having to do tonglen and trying to meet this with compassion and at the same time just uh yeah just having to bear through it bear through a lot of that grief and guilt and, um resentment so thank you very much so trevor may you meet this grief and pain and you said the word resentment is there a way in which you can meet it with some warm-heartedness kind of like okay yes this too this too kind of like bringing that in and allowing it because that is the reality of the moment when those things arise and can you with as, as much warm-heartedness as is available at the time can you meet it meet all these difficulties and if you find that you're sliding into uh there's so many different things that we could slide into then um maybe something it can be a loving kindness for a lovable being or if that doesn't feel accessible maybe as uh, we've stated maybe some uh groundedness in the body or something like this but yeah recognizing that there's all kinds of difficulties yeah yeah thanks for sharing that trevor and, and sharing how in the midst of what's going on there's also the grief that you're holding and working through and and in some ways actually what we're globally experiencing could also be expressed as grief global grief but losing someone that you cared about is very very intense and very particular and um and really self-care self-compassion self-loves uh especially going through the different stages of of grief just giving yourself space and time it's like this it, yeah mm. you. trying to wish the other person just as much happiness to find this is very helpful to get down on a sober level but i'll leave it there for other people who have something to say thank you trevor raj your hand has been up please i'm, I'm muting you Thank you. Um, I, I just wanted to say I'm just really grateful to be here. And again, Diana, thank you for organizing this. Um, I wanted to share my reflection on the uh, self-compassion practice. So um, when we started off by focusing on someone we have a lot of love for, I focused on one of my nephews. And uh, that was very nice. I could really appreciate a very warm feeling. And when we moved to... Uh, focusing on ourself, I felt like that feeling kind of really fizzled. Um, thinking about myself or picturing myself as when I was a child, that really helped. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to see how that fizzled. And um, I noticed that I started to kind of criticize myself. Um, and I got into this bad cycle of not, like criticizing myself for not being aware of my own suffering. Um, so it was very important for me to hear that with the compassion, we're not obligated to feel it. Um, 
I trust that, you know, because self-compassion practice is fairly new to me, I trust it'll come in time, but um, to not criticize myself if I don't feel it. So that was important for me to hear. I just wanted to share that and thank you. Thank you, Raj. Thanks for putting that in the Zoom room, that, that the, both the fizzling, which I saw heads nodding along with you, that yes, yes, that, and um, so that you don't feel alone. Yes, of course, this is something that happens, which is why Diana emphasized there's no shooting in this, right? Just meeting and whatever comes up arises or doesn't arise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great, thank you. Peggy, your hand has been up, please. Yeah, um, so I um, sent loving kindness to an old friend who's just very easy to be around and, um, and very dear. And then when it came for myself, what it sort of pointed out was how hard it is sometimes to be in my home situation. I live with somebody who were very different and just our natural ways of being sometimes clash. And I feel and our ways of responding to this, um, the COVID also, the COVID-19. And um, so I feel like a, an amount of pressure sometimes. And so just the difference between that and how easy it is to be with the other person um, was really evident and I hadn't been aware really of this kind of just this tiny level of pressure that I have quite often and um but it was easy to have compassion for for myself in that um yeah it's not always easy to maintain when I need to deal with this person sometimes if there's a clash and find a skillful compassionate way for both of us to interact Thank you. Thank you, Peggy. Christine, please, I'll unmute you. Hi, um, thanks. Um, this has been really a really great day, um, particularly after like, you know, the weeks of, that we've had recently. Um, and I just wanted to say on the loving kindness for yourself um, meditation, I never had this experience before, but, um, but I kind of felt like, like at first I was doing loving kindness for like the like better parts of myself um and then um and then the parts of myself that I'm not so pleased with started to come up and it felt like like a super energetic shift in terms of like how I could relate to that and how I could offer loving kindness to like the super anxious part of me or the like those parts that aren't as um kind of easy to be with um so I just wanted to share that yeah thanks for mentioning that I think it's so important um there's this expression that I borrowed from Zen a lot, no part left out, no part left out. Um, the parts that we love and the parts that we don't really, we want to exercise and <laughs> leave it away. So thanks for mentioning that. And as it arises again, no shooting, but when they arise, yeah. And, and there can be a lot of healing by the way, in self-acceptance, when we do allow in the parts that we don't necessarily like. But of course, they're there for a reason, because of our history, our, how we've been raised. And, you know, it's, we haven't had control over those parts so much. They're kind of programmed in by society, by family. So, like, oh, it's okay. I can love you too. It's all right. I don't like you, but I can love you. 
Okay, let's see. We have Elaine. Okay. Let's take a couple more. Is that okay? And, and end. Let's take, because we're going over. I think we're still okay. We're just shifting our schedule by 10 minutes. So, um, yeah, Elaine, please. Hi, I just wanted to say this is wonderful. It helps me feel socially connected, and I love it. And one of the things that I've done is reframed this statement for self-compassion and self-care is I'm calling it centering in peace. Mm. Nice. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that um, it's, uh, as Nikki mentioned, it, the words that we use can make a difference. And with this practice, we're all welcome to find words that work for us. There's nothing particularly magical about uh, the words that Nikki and I are offering. Centering in peace. Thank you. Thank you. Thumbs up, Elaine. <laughs> Thank you. Shai. Bye. Shai, I will unmute you. Your hands up. There we go. Yeah, this is, I've been like learning so much um, and I feel like deepening my practice so much. So I'm so grateful to have everyone here. Um, I've noticed something that, that I, that has been, I think, getting in the way of my metta practice has been, I guess, fear. And I think that comes from attachment to my relationships and loss. Um, when actually I expected when I first felt it, it was because of like the coronavirus and being scared that like someone's going to get sick. But actually where I noticed it most was with my dog. When I was sending Meta, I was like, oh my gosh, my dog is really old. You, know, She's not going to be around for a long time. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to just be present with that. But I'm curious if you have any tips for um, navigating like the attachment, like fear of loss that comes up. Nikki, do you want to say something? Um, sure. Um, you know, loss is a part of life, mm -hmm. right? There is no way around it. Um, and there are small losses, big losses, and and in fact, what's happen happening in, in the world with COVID nineteen is the lesson in loss and the lesson in impermanence. That things are not going to always be, we, we, we think they're going to be the same, but they change, things go. And, and when we hang on, we experience the pain and the suffering of loss. Um, and, and I think what, what, you, what you're talking about specifically is the, is the fear of loss, is, is, is projecting forwards. And the, there can, you know, it's, we can live in the fear of so many losses. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if that happens? There are so many different things that we can project. And, and of course, a lot of times, uh, things that we hold dearest. Um, so what, what I would recommend in this specific case is bring your mind to the present moment right here right now instead of being overwhelmed projecting oh there will be a time in the future when my sweet darling dog whom i dearly love won't be here in the world well take care of this moment he he she is alive right now 
love him her as best as you can right now love yourself as best as you can if you can be present and fully meet this moment you can build the trust that whatever the future moment is when that future moment becomes the present moment you will manage to meet it with grace and present so just be right here right now and meet this moment with presence diana i know that's beautiful that's beautiful nikki and so maybe uh, Tobias will be the last one. Last one. I agree. Yeah. So Tobias, please, I'll unmute you. I can't unmute okay. you. Thanks. There. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much. Also, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for this kind of mini retreat. Um, I feel that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, it is a good chance to also come back to myself because uh, I think I have been also distracting myself with um, so many other things that, well, maybe not so necessary, but now, uh, yeah, to have the time, um, yeah, to also feel myself. And um, I, I feel that there's also, yeah, quite a bit of grief and anxiety in there that I had maybe didn't notice before so much, uh, but it's good to, yeah, notice it and, and work through it. And um, I think my question is, um, I think you also mentioned the Brahma Viharas before, and I also heard in, a, in another meeting and talk, um, yeah, that the Brahma Viharas um, as a whole can be really a strong foundation for um, all of our life, all situations. And um, I, I wanted to ask if you can maybe say a few words also about um, cultivating joy, because I feel that it's also a bit missing in my life maybe at the moment and how it can maybe link with other primary horrors so I, I think maybe it's a kind of a big question but if you can you just say a few um, things about cultivating joy Diana would you like to say something yeah yeah so um, so for those of you who don't know that Brahma Viharas are four practices and uh, maybe the base, the foundational one is loving kindness. And I'm using this expression like warm heartedness, openness. And um, when and it's just perfectly natural that this warm heartedness as we starts to get developed and cultivated starts to spread out. So we can, that can happen naturally or we can do it intentionally. And when it spreads out, of course, it's going to meet individuals who are having difficulties and that turns, then it, transforms into compassion and that's what Nikki and I have been talking about but there are also people who are having some joys maybe it's their uh birthday and somebody uh surprised them with um a gift or maybe it's uh doing something funny on zoom together with uh, other people there's uh, i've been learning about all kinds of creative things at uh, karaoke and you're like all these kind of silly things and um, a friend of mine sent me a funny little video so just the uh there's also uh, um so when this warm heartedness meets um delight joy gladness that other people are having then there's this wish like oh may your delight may your joy continue may it not diminish may it uh, support you and uh, be a part of your life or integrated into your life in a nice way so there we can cultivate that uh, specifically during with a meditation practice nikki and i aren't going to talk about that as much um, today and, but it also can be um, cultivated just in our everyday life in a similar way like we can with compassion. That is, 
one, to just notice when it naturally arises. When um, a couple uh, discover they're having a baby and there's this joy like, oh, fantastic, you're having a baby. And like, there's, there's often just a big uplift. And to just notice, oh, how that feels when there's, uh, there's a well-being or there's a, somebody's expressing something that's delightful. So just tune into when these experiences naturally arise, feel them in the body, tune into how they feel in the mind. And that just makes it more likely that um, they will arise again as, as we kind of gain familiarity with them. It might be that they've been arising for some time already and we've been a little bit dismissive of them, especially we tend to do this, especially in the midst of a global pandemic. We might feel like we shouldn't ever feel some joy or some gladness. But the truth of the matter is, it's very likely that all of us are having a big range of emotions. And there might be like a bias to only go towards the difficulties. The invitation here is to open it up and to notice what are those experiences that are neutral and what are those in which there's a little bit of gladness in the heart, whether it's with a formal meditation practice or just in everyday life. And then Nikki, would you like to add something? Yeah, thank you, Diana. I feel this is so important. Um, and, and maybe we should do a half day uh, in the next few weeks just about cultivating joy in the midst of challenge. Um, so, <laughs> get a thumbs up. <laughs> um, that, that um, yeah, as, as, as Diana said, I mean, the um, turning the mind, turning the heart, and actually cultivating, really um, making time for cultivating joy in the midst of, in the midst of all this. Um, I, I was actually, um, I was talking with a, a student of mine a couple of days ago, and, and um, long story short, she realized that, you know, she had had a combin a, an intention in her life to cultivate joy. And during this time with all the news and everything that's going on, she had lost that and her heart was so heavy, understandably, but why lose touch with the intention to still cultivate joy? Uh, because it's actually, I'm, I'm going to share a poem. This is so important. I'm just going to share this poem. I'll, I'll read it to you and then I can, I'll send it to you in chat. Uh, in, in chat. So this is by Jack Gilbert. Um, Sorrow everywhere, slaughter everywhere. If babies are not starving, some actually I'll tell you what, I'm going to put it in chat and read it too so you can follow along. And there we go. Here we are. Okay. Oh. oh, it's not letting me copy. I think it's too long. Oh, well, I, I can copy it. Gosh, but this page has so many ads. So you're going to be bombarded by ads, but I will put the link here anyway. Here, it's called A Brief for the Defense by um, the well-known poet, Jack Gilbert. Um, sorry about all the ads on this page. Couldn't find a better one. Anyway, sorrow everywhere, slaughter everywhere. If babies are not starving someplace, they're starving somewhere else with flies in their nostrils. But we enjoy our lives because that that's what God wants. It's a particular perspective. But otherwise, this morning, the, the mornings before summer dawn would not be made so fine. The Bengal tiger 
would not be fashioned so miraculously well. The poor women at the fountain are laughing together between their suffering, between the suffering they have known and the awfulness of their future, smiling and laughing with everybody in the village very sick. And it goes on and on. And at the end, I love the end. Um, we stand at the prow again of a small ship anchored late at night in the tiny port, looking over to the sleeping island. The waterfront is three shuttered cafes and one naked light burning. To hear the faint sound of oars in the silence as a rowboat comes slowly out and then goes back is truly worth all the years of sorrow to come. Um, I skipped a lot of it, but part of the poem that I'll let you enjoy on your own later is to, to only honor challenge, to only honor darkness and difficulty is, is almost as if you're forgetting beauty and grace and love and joy. Um, and let's serve that in our, in our wholeness, honor beauty and love and grace and joy, because that is just as important as the challenge. Let it infuse uh, the honoring of the beauty and joy. Let it, uh, let's celebrate that and not just celebrate the deaths. Um, and in fact, perhaps that way, the, the deaths, the loss, the, they can be infused with, with this beauty and grace and meaning instead of just something dark and awful that's happening um, to the earth, to us, all humanity. Anyway, this is very brief time to try to make a very complicated point, but I'm just going to leave it at that and trust that it might have landed in some benefit. Shall we take our lunch break now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we are going to take an, let's take an hour or an hour yeah. and five. What? Uh, what well, let's come it? back at 145. What do you think? Let's do that. I think that feels good. Yeah. This has been really rich. So I'm glad we didn't shorten this. So, so we're going to come back at 145 and understanding that people in Europe may or may not be able to join us because it'll be pretty late your time. Oh, come on. Just in the <laughs> middle of the night. We do all night, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just acknowledging, giving you space if you need to take care of yourself. And if you come back, we'd love to see you, of course. It's all good. Take, and so um, yeah, just want to really appreciate the time of practice we've all had together. And um, yeah. Yes, there is a way to save the chat. I think you can click on the bottom and say save chat or something. There's a way to do that. Otherwise, just do a Google search for a brief for the defense, Jack Gilbert, and you'll find it. In fact, here. But, um, so, okay. So thank any, you any... all. And we'll see you at 1.45. Take good care of yourself. Yeah, take care. See you. Bye. And I'm going to turn off the recording. Let's see if I can do it. Yes. Are you able to? Yes. yes.